Well, today begins our Global Impact Month. Don't you just love that phrase, global impact? Think about it. Our church has, has a global impact. Say our church. Yeah, our church. We partner with missionaries and missions ministry literally all over the globe. Approximately 140 missionaries get a check from us every single month. We haven't missed even one month in over 17 years. We also invest in many specialty ministries and special missions targets and emphasis like, like, like Speed the Light that buys vehicles for missionaries. Well, well, what a blessing it is to the missionary when we're able to hand them the keys to an automobile that they can use for their ministry. Oh, oh, we also provide study Bibles for pastors in foreign countries, pastors that have never had a Bible ever in their ministry. Can you imagine a pastor pastoring a church without a Bible. Some of them maybe have a chapter or two or a book of the Bible or whatever, but so many have absolutely no Bible at all. And we are able to present them through Fire Bible, uh, uh, not only a Bible in their own language, but also a Bible that contains a full commentary that will incredibly help them in their ministry. Oh, I love it. I hope you do too. Oh, maybe it's feeding hungry children, children that, that would go to bed hungry if it were not for the feeding programs and the fact that we support those feeding programs or drilling water wells for people that have never had fresh water ever in their history. They're sick and they're dying mostly because they are drinking foul, stinky, horrible, dirty water. But we are able to go in there, drill a water well for them, maybe even for their entire little village can have water first time ever, and then we're able to tell them about Jesus. Amen. Oh, what a wonderful opportunity it is. Maybe we could talk about planting churches, but not just planting churches, but planting churches in unreached places, places that have never had, never had a, a true Bible-believing church. Oh, the list just goes on and on and on and on. Our vision of caring people, caring for people, is not just for the people that are sitting in this room today. They're not, it's not just a vision for those that are watching online today. No, we also partner with caring men ministries all around the world. We do this. Say we do this. Oh, say it with some enthusiasm. We do this. Yeah, we do this. The Grace Place has a global vision. Well, in the month of May, you're going to see and hear about just a part of the impact that we are having around the world. Well, today I want to share a video from one of our global partners. Now, this man has been with us many times in the past. I have personally traveled with him overseas to three uh, different countries. I, I was blessed to be able to preach in one of his crusades to over 25,000 people. Now, in his ministry today, he has crusades where over 100,000 are in attendance. Tens and thousands of people get saved in these crusades. Oh, listen, our support of him and his ministry has had an incredible impact. Let's watch this video. Hey, I'm Doug Eccles. I'm a missionary evangelist. I preach the gospel in over 40 nations of the world, 
And uh, we have an emphasis in the country of Haiti where we uh, drill freshwater wells. We feed children and present the gospel to them. And we also uh, do crusade ministry. We have uh, a school and an orphanage that we're connected with also in that country. We are now up to uh, 140 water wells that we have done in the country of Haiti. And uh, we've also fed over 275,000 meals and presented the gospel to children. And we have also, in altar calls around the world, seen more than a million people come to Jesus in some of our uh, campaigns and crusades. One of the things that uh, you know people want to know is how has this impacted my life? Seeing so many people uh, receive water and and uh, food and uh, the gospel. Well, you know I, I look at it like this. Uh, I believe this is what the Lord made me for. I believe that we all have purpose, and uh, the purpose that I'm on this earth is not about me, but. That, you know, I'm blessed, and because I'm blessed, I'm blessed to be a blessing. Somebody told me about Jesus, so I've got to tell others about Jesus. And uh, I really know the Lord called me to preach, but when I'm on a platform and everybody's dressed different, looks different than me, I know that the Lord put me in that place. And uh, I believe that Time is very short. We need to challenge people about their eternity. I want everybody to go to heaven. So I'm going to tell you something. I believe the Lord put me on this earth to give an altar call. And when the water wells and the feeding of kids, uh, we saw a need. We saw people that uh, had problems. And it was something that we could fix. And, it, and uh, it's really been a great blessing in our life. It, it's given me vitality and fulfillment uh, to do some of those things. Jesus, my Jesus, I will If you want to help us with uh, some of our endeavors, uh, you can get involved either by going with us. We take uh, trips and we take teams with us. But we also uh, have partners our partners are very important to us because what our partners do is every time somebody gets saved, they're a part of that. Every time somebody gets a meal fed, they're a part of that. Every time a, a well is drilled, they're a part of that. If you want to drill a well, a well is only $1,500. And you say, well, I can't do all that. You know, $125 a month for 12 months would pay for a well. If you want to help us feed a child, we can feed a child a meal for about a dollar a meal. And then we present the gospel to them. In our crusades, some of our crusades that we're planning are up to $50,000 that we spend because we need sound equipment to reach 100,000 people. We need all the advertisement and all the things. But with that, we're seeing as many as four people come to Jesus for every dollar that we spend. So you can become a partner with us, and together we can do more than we can by ourselves. It's been said you can go fast alone, but you can go far when you go together. And I pray some of you that are watching today will go with us because we're believing the Lord uh, to do greater things this year than we've ever done before. So pray about helping us. We pray for our partners on a daily basis. 
Uh, we send you something out every month letting you know what we're doing and what's going on. But I'm going to tell you, nothing's better than the reward you get. When you, you give a cup of water in His name, the Bible says you'll not lose your reward. When you do it to these, the least of these, you've done it for Jesus. All right. Amen. Amen. Well, he's just one of many uh, that, uh, that we support and, and join hands with in sharing the gospel literally around the world. Well, today I want to talk to you about God's heart for missions. God's heart for missions. We get just a glimpse of this in John chapter 3, verse 16, commonly called the golden text of the Bible. Let me read John 3:16 from the New Living Translation. It says, "For God loved the world so much that he gave his one and only son, so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life." I want to point out three things in this verse about God's heart for missions. Before I do, let me remind us that God sent the first missionary, his name is Jesus. Notice with me the first thing about God's heart for missions, and I would suggest this morning that, that, it, that it's an incomparable heart. It's an incomparable heart. No one has a heart for lost humanity like God does. Think about it. Think about it. No, no one has ever felt the loss that would equal what happened to God way back in the Garden of Eden. Man, God's greatest creation walked away from him. Man chose a path that, that led away from his creator. God could very easily have washed his hands of man and left him to his fate. But that, my friends, is not the heart of God. Let me suggest that his heart is full of unconditional love. John 3, 16, God, so lo God loved the world so much. Say so much. Yeah, he loved the world so much that he gave his one and only son. Oh, listen to me this morning, Grace Place. I love you. I do. I genuinely love you, but I love my one and my only son more. Sorry, I'm just keeping it real this morning. I love you, but the truth is I would not sacrifice my one and only son for you. I wouldn't do it. And I'm pretty sure you wouldn't do it for me. But God did. God did. His heart is full of unconditional love. Romans chapter 5, verse 7 and 8 says, Most people wouldn't be willing to die for even a good person. But God showed his great love for us by sending his son to die for us when we were still sinners. See, we can look at each other here today and we look pretty good, man. We've got our Sunday morning, you know, going to meet and clothes on, you know. We got, our, we got our best attitude on, hopefully you do. You know, we got our Sunday morning smile on. We look pretty good this morning, but that's not who God died for. Jesus died for us when we were lost, when we were undone, when we were, when, when we were wicked, when we were vile, when we were sinners. God loved us so much that he, he died for us. His heart is full of unconditional Love. Listen to the words of Jesus when he, was, when he was hanging on the cross, when he was dying, when his blood was being spilt for our sin. Jesus said in Luke 23, verse 33 and 34, it says about him, first of all, they nailed Jesus to a cross. His cross was in the middle between two vile criminals. 
And Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. Jesus was willing to lay down his life so that the world could have eternal life. No one loves like God loves. The love in his heart is incomparable. His heart is full of unconditional love. John 3.16 again, so that everyone, say everyone, so that everyone who believes in him would not have to perish but could have eternal life. But not only is his heart full of unconditional love, but his heart is filled with understanding. Oh, on that first Christmas morning in Bethlehem's manger, God became man. John chapter 1 and verse 14 says, So the word became flesh and made his home among us. God Almighty took on the form of man and walked in our shoes for 33 years. Oh, the writer of Hebrews says in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15 and 16, he, speaking of God, speaking of the Lord Jesus Christ, he understands our weakness. Oh, for he faced every temptation that we face, yet he did not sin. Listen, friend, God didn't just sit in the cheap seats and criticize man for his actions. He didn't do like most of us do when we play armchair quarterback. Have you ever played armchair quarterback? All of us have. Never playing a single down ourselves. Never having one single day of practical experience in a given area. And yet we set ourselves up as an expert. Not so with God. God became man. He lived as man. He, he, he tasted every struggle. He, he, he tasted every difficulty. Oh, oh, every human scenario. Why? Why would he do it? Why would he do it? So he could understand. So he could relate. You know, you can't understand unless you've been there. I'm sorry, Mr. Husband. <laughs> Don't stand there while your wife, at the bed of your wife, as she's delivering your baby and say, I understand. You don't. <laughs> you, you, you don't. You can't understand unless you've been there. I'll never forget the day, not too long after my son became a lead pastor. He no longer was a staff member. He had worked for me uh, as, as youth pastor and worship leader. He had worked for me as a staff member for five years. I'll never forget, not too long after he became the lead pastor, he said to me, he said, Dad, I owe you an apology. I said, son, what in the world are you talking about? Why do you owe me an apology? He said, dad, dad, I owe you an apology. He said, dad, I didn't understand. I didn't understand the load that you were carrying. He said, as your staff member, he said, I came to you with so much stuff. Whining, complaining, asking he said, I should have been making your load lighter as your staff member. Instead, I made it, I made it heavier, Dad. Dad, I'm sorry. Dad, I didn't understand. He said, now I do. And now as a lead pastor, my, my, my son says, it's not about the work. 
It's about the weight. Hear me, people. Jesus understands. He, he didn't just sit up on his throne. He didn't just sit in the cheap seats and, and, you know, and criticize those below. No, 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 no. He came down in the form of man and he walked in the shoes of man. Why? So that he could understand. So he could understand. He became flesh and dwelt among us. He's been there, done that, bought the t-shirt. We're talking about God's heart for missions this morning. It's an incomparable heart, one filled with unconditional love and understanding. Notice something else about God's heart. We've already touched on it this morning. I would suggest that it is that it's an investing heart. An investing heart. You know what we are willing to invest in is the clue as to what's in our heart. You know, if you have a heart for your family, you're going to spend time with them. You're going to spend your money on them, right? Hey, you could help me a little bit this morning. It just gets so much better in here. Jesus said, where your treasure is there, say there. Yeah, Jesus said, where your treasure is there, your heart will be also. We're talking about God's heart for missions this morning. It's an investing, an investing heart. His, his heart motivated him to go. Oh, John three sixteen again, God loved the world so much that he sent his one and his only son to save it. And Acts chapter 4, verse 12 says, there is salvation in no one else. Say no one else. No, there's salvation in no one else. God has given no other name under heaven by which we must be saved. Hear me this morning. When it comes to salvation, Jesus was and is the only way. God has no backup plan. Only Jesus could reunite a fallen man with God. God's heart was so full of love for man. The desire in his heart for fellowship with man was so great. He was willing to invest the very best that he had. Hear me this morning. God's gift of his son was no blue light special, friend. It was no basement bargain now. No, it was the best that heaven had to offer. His heart motivated him to go. And his heart motivated him to give. John 3, 16, God loved the world so much that he gave, that he gave. Romans 8 and 32 says, God did not spare even his own son, but, but gave him up for us all. His heart motivated him to give. God gave his son. Oh, when we think about salvation so often, we only think about Jesus. But oh, can you imagine what it cost God the Father to send his one and only son, knowing what was going to happen to his son? His heart motivated him to give. God gave his son. Jesus, God's son, gave his life. If we have the heart of our heavenly Father, we will be motivated to give. And if we have the heart of this house, we will be motivated to give. At the Grace Place, we have a heart for missions. 
We're not satisfied with, with just what happens inside our church on a Sunday morning. Oh, no, we are committed to a vision that is both local and global. Yes, we are committed to excellence in this house. It's one of our core values. But we are also committed to investing in ministries that literally impact the world. Our heart for missions motivate us to give and to go. In the, this global impact month, you're going to be challenged to give. I'm, I'm going to challenge you to give. Every dollar you give represents souls. Did you hear what Doug Eccles said about his crusades? That every dollar invested in those crusades brings four people to Christ? Every dollar you give represents souls. Souls that are either going to be in heaven or they're going to be in hell. A direct result of our investment. But I'm also praying that God will call some people to go to become missionaries. See, I like to say that we are a sending church. I like to say that because I like sending a whole lot better than going. I've done both. I do both. I will do both, but I prefer sending. We've got the easy job. I love to say that we are a sending church. We give our money in order to send people. People are set on go. People are wanting to go. People are called to go. And we get to put the money in their hands so they are able to go. What a partnership. I love my part of the partnership. But friends, if we are a true sending church, we will also be sending some of our own people. If we're a sending church, we will not just be sending money and putting money in people's hands to go, but we will also be investing our own people. We have in the past, and I know that we have people now who are answering the call, and I'm crying, and I'm asking God to call some of our people that we might we might send not just our dollars, but also some of our people. We're talking about God's heart for missions. It's, it's an incomparable heart. It's, it's an investing heart. And let me also say this this morning. It's an inclusive heart. An inclusive heart. Oh, oh, his heart's desire is for everybody to be saved. John 3.16, again, God, oh, loved the world so much that he gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life or eternal life. Say everyone. Everyone. Second Peter chapter 3 and verse 9 says, God is not willing that any should perish but that all should come to repentance. God's heart is an inclusive heart. His heart's desire is for all to be saved. Now hear me on this. God has already done his part. God has already done his part. He sent his one and only son. God has already done his part. It's time for us to do our part. Because sinners are depending on us to throw them a lifeline. Let me ask you this this morning. If you were secure in a boat and you saw someone drowning in the water and you had access to a lifeline, would you throw it to them or would you just let them drown? Depends on who it was, right? (laughs) 
No, I'm kidding. Of course you would. Of course you would. So I ask you this morning, why would you not throw as many sinners as you could a lifeline? Because they are drowning. They, they are drowning. They are perishing in their sin. And we, we have a, have a lifeline. The lifeline is the gospel. The lifeline is Jesus. Sinners are depending on us to throw them a lifeline. John 3.16 says the lifeline is Jesus. Mark 16, verse 15 and 16 says, Go into all the world, Jesus said. Oh, go into all the world and preach the gospel to everyone. Jesus said, Those who believe, oh, will be saved, and those who do not believe will be condemned. With every dollar we give to missions, lifelines are being thrown out to people who are drowning. Now, I have to be very, very careful because I can easily go over the top on my appeal, and I often do. In fact, usually I make a disclaimer, forgive me for, going, for being over the top, because I probably will be, and I didn't make that disclaimer, but I know I have to be very, very careful here because I, I easily can go over the top, but I just don't understand why some people give nothing to missions. Nothing. Nothing. You, you don't have to give what I give. You don't have to give what someone else gives, but I can't understand at all why people would give nothing to missions or, or they give to organizations that have absolutely no accountability. Year after year after year, I stand up here and make the appeal and talk about our heart being missions and they give nothing to missions, but they give to other organizations with absolute no accountability. Pennies on the dollar is all that actually goes to missions in some missions organizations. You would be appalled if you actually knew how much of your dollar actually went to the cause they're telling you that cause is for in other missions and humanitarian organizations. The rest, the rest goes to fund the extravagant lifestyle of those that are raising the funds. Not so with your investment in our ministry. Not so in your investment in our heart for missions. Every single dollar that you designate for missions goes to missions. Every single dollar. Every single penny of every single dollar. And we put that in the Assemblies of God missions, most of it, 99% of it, Assemblies of God missions. Those that we don't, we know all about their ministry. But Assemblies of God missions is is unmatched in the percentage of giving that actually reaches the hands of the missions or the missions organization. 93 cents out of every dollar goes directly to the missionary or the missions emphasis. 93 cents. Only 7 cents of a dollar is left out for administration. And how many know you've got to administrate? I checked this week and asked what the normal was, and I asked with someone who knew, and they said, well, well, you'll be appalled. He said, he said so many organizations, 50% goes for administration. He said, anybody that gives, anybody that, that, uh, that gives uh, uh, more than 70 cents on a dollar is doing phenomenal, and we give 97 cents, or 93 cents. Let me do my math right, 93 cents out of every dollar. Amen. I don't, I don't understand why you'd want to put your money 
somewhere where there's no accountability. Why not put it where you know where it's going? Checks and balances and accountability is unequaled in our mission's efforts. Here's what really breaks my heart, and that is statistics tell us that people spend more money on their daily coffee than they do in what they invest in missions. They spend more money on dog food for Fido than they do in missions giving. Pastor, are you trying to guilt us? I would if I thought it would work. (laughs) I would. I believe in missions that much. If I thought it would work, I would do it. I know it goes the other direction. The truth is, at the judgment seat of Christ, Jesus is going to ask us, what would you do with what I gave you? What would you do with what I put in your hands? What would you do with it? We're going to have to give an account for everything that we did with what he gave us. What is your answer going to be? I'm going to ask two things from you during this Global Impact Month. Number one, I'm going to ask you, I'm going to ask you for a generous one-time offering. It's above and beyond all the other offerings. Just a generous one-time offering. We're going to receive this offering on Sunday, May the 23rd. You can give it then or you can give it any time between now and then. Even give it later if, if that's what works for you. Just make sure when you give that you're clear that it goes for the Global Impact Month. Now, this, this offering is going to go to pay for all the expenses of the Global Impact Month. It's also going to be used to bless our special guest speakers. It's going to be used for all their expenses and a blessing to them. It's also going to be used to invest in their missions ministries. Our goal is $20,000. That's been our goal for many years. I probably ought to raise it. Listen, last year in the, the middle of a pandemic, we gave over $30,000 to this offering. Amen? Things are much better now than they were back in October when that was a September, I think. Amen? Wow, what could happen? Amen? I'm going to ask you, my wife and I are going to invest $2,000 in this one-time offering. The second thing I'm going to ask you is, I'm going to ask you that to make a, a, a faith promise. Every year, we, we, we make faith promises where we commit to a weekly, monthly, or yearly commitment uh, to the grace place and, and, and the global impact that the grace place has. And, uh, and we pay it out over, over the year. This is, this is what funds our global, global impact. My wife and I, again this year, are going to make a commitment of $25,000 uh, in the next year for, for missions. You say, Pastor, how in the world can you do that? Because we want to do it. Because it's our heart. Because we believe in it. Because we plan for it. It's because we made our, ourselves debt free so that instead of, instead of making big payments on things, we could give a lot of money to the work of the Lord. Amen. I, listen, I'm just telling you because that just blows people away when they hear that. But it's because we've planned it. We didn't, we've grown into that. We've grown into that. And uh, I'll never forget just a few years ago, go my wife, uh, she... Uh, quit her job here at, uh, at the Grace Places as the uh, administrative assistant. She was still the women's uh, pastor, but she was no longer going to be uh, a full-time employee of the church, and so we lost her full-time salary. She wasn't here for whatever reason. I don't know what it was, but she wasn't here that Sunday when I took the faith promises, and we'd been giving $20,000 a year <laughs> with two salaries. Now we're looking at one salary, <laughs> and I hear this voice that says 25000 <laughs> 25,000. 20 was going to be a stretch. But I hear this voice that says 25,000. 
and uh, I committed to 25000 and you ought to, you ought to been there the day when I told my wife that with one salary instead of two, not only are we going to give 20000 to missions, we're going to give 25000 to missions. You ought to have seen the look on her face. Didn't change at all because she has the heart that I have as well. Amen. I just say this not to boast or brag, but to help you, to help you. Amen. This is, this is God's heart, and it is, is our heart. Now, remember, these are faith promises. They're not pledges. A faith promise is this. We just say, God, if you will help me, God, if you will help me, I will give X amount to missions in the next year. And then, and then you let the Lord just speak to you what that number is. And if the Lord doesn't speak to you, just hand me the pledge, or the, the, not a pledge, it's a faith promise. Hand me that faith promise and I'll hear from God for you. <laughs> I encourage you to hear from God, amen. Let the Holy Spirit guide you as to the amount. Let me ask you this morning, do you have the heart of this house? Do you have the heart of this house? The heart of this house is a global impact. The heart of this house is an outward focus, not an inward focus. Do you have the heart of this house? The takeaway for the message this morning is simply this. Children should have the heart of their father. How many believe that? Children should have the heart of their father. The next part of the takeaway is this. If you don't have, if you don't love the lost, or if we, let me include myself. If we don't love the lost, we don't have our Father's heart. Father, I just pray that you'll take this word this morning that has been, that has been shared, God. Lord, it's, it, 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 if anybody's been here very long, they've, they've heard, Lord, not this sermon. It was put together this week, but the content of this sermon they've heard over and over and over again. Because it's, it's what you've It's what you've called us to. Just as Doug Eccles said that he felt that he was called to give an altar call, and I agree with that because I've been there when he's given altar calls. And he's a good preacher, but he can lay an egg with a sermon, give the altar call, and people will flock. Why? He has an anointing on him for the altar. He has an anointing on him to reach people for Christ, for souls. He is indeed an evangelist. But I have an anointing upon me as well. And it is, the, and it is an anointing of partnering with caring ministries around the world. An anointing, a gift. It's happened over and over and over in our ministry. It's what you've called us to. And I thank you that these people have been so generous and so kind and so loving and they've been so awesome to catch the heart of the Father and catch the heart of the leader of this house. God, I pray, Lord, that this will be the greatest year ever in our history in giving to missions, home missions, foreign missions meeting humanitarian needs, winning people to Christ. 